1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. I'm so excited. You know, it's the beginning of the week for my, myself and many of you guys as well. But I have an incredible guest coming on my show today. I can't wait to introduce you guys to him. The guest I'm bringing on, Troy Truen. He's a he's the CEO and founder of Grow a Small Business with over 24 years of experience starting, managing, and growing businesses small businesses in particular with 30 people or less like maybe some of you that are listening he's also the host of grow a small business podcast you know you guys you know i like to keep my introductions really brief just to you know give my guests enough time to go ahead and tell their story and you know welcome to the show show troy i appreciate you coming on today looking forward to our conversation and like i said i think this is a great point to go ahead and start by telling your story as to How did you get to where you are today? Because I know you have so much value to add to my listeners. And let's just start with your journey and we'll dive into some hot topics as we go.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Brittany, for having me on. It's a bit weird being on the other side of the microphone. I think this is only my ninth guest appearance. So I really appreciate your time today in the audience. So we'll start out with uh, I grew up in country Victoria, a couple of hours north of Melbourne here in Australia, and my parents grew a small fuel distribution business into a medium-sized one. So when Dad sold out early 2000s, they were selling about 100 million litres of fuel a year, about 80 million top line with about 30 team members. So watching their journey, all the pain and stress, and eventually the success was really intriguing to me and I guess was in my blood from a very young age. Perfect. I went to uni, did a couple of degrees. You know, bachelor of business, majoring in accounting, and, and a bachelor of computing, uh, two degrees at the same time. I like to do things that are challenging. And then late '99, after three years at a big accounting firm, one of the well the biggest in the world, Price I, I quit to start two internet companies. Again, that theme of doing a couple of things at once. So working ridiculous hours, 100-hour weeks to uh, a web design development company, and the other one was an e-tailer selling um, gifts online just before the dot-com crash. So I went through all that, watched that. The the web design development company is still going and growing now, which is great, 24 years on. offices Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, and Bali. And uh, from there, I started other tech companies for the next 10 or 12 years, moved to London, bought into a small IT support company there, Uh, with two business partners, Uh, asked one to leave after eight months um, because he couldn't fill out a timesheet and we had to start piling the juniors on. So then moved back to Australia and decided to get into a product-based business. So that's when I moved into the distilling businesses and I managed uh, two or three um, distilling businesses here in Australia and one in New Zealand as well for the last 12 or so years and then 3 a bit over 3 years ago now some friends of mine also in the industry and I decided to start up the Distillers Institute <coughs> excuse me that business is uh, has two online courses to help people who are considering starting a distilling business uh, here in Australia or New Zealand. And the first course is there to educate them and for them to make a decision whether this is something they should do or not. And our mission from day one was to help more people, convince more people not to start a distilling business. Because uh, from my experience, starting any business is fucking hard. It's a lot harder than most people think. And so you add into that, it's a lot a lot more capital intensive to start a, a distilling business up because you've got a lot of equipment to buy. And if you're aging spirit, like rum or whiskey, there's a lot of cash sitting in those casks for two to five years. So that first course has been really popular. We've had over 500 students through our courses and 10% of those have gone on to start a distilling business. And the second course is for people that are have made the decision to get into it, and there's a lot more material in that second course, a giant Gantt chart or project plan with over 100 line items, an even more complex financial model. We've got an advanced one in the first course, but the, the second course has a bigger financial model because I believe the numbers are really the heart of your business growth, seeing into the future, and a lot more templates material for production and managing people and marketing and things like that so it's been a really exciting journey over the last almost three years now and that kind of got in the way of my main business which is grow a small business moving to online courses uh in in that business which I guess I'll talk about in a moment but that's pretty much well to to sum it all up I've had. over 15 businesses now with 30 business partners in three countries, and I have seen a shit ton, good and bad, when it comes to growing a business and working with business partners, let alone passive shareholders. So I think uh, I think that sums me up.
1: Troy, thanks so much for sharing all that. I mean, you definitely have had your fair share of challenges, I'm sure, but overcoming them as well, and look where you are today. So I'm super excited for our conversation because you have so much um, knowledge behind it, because of going through, I mean, building fifteen businesses since nineteen ninety nine or more, I, like it's crazy, and you know it's a roller coaster at times. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Now, how would you? Let's talk a little bit about you know your online courses and what the transition was like from you know since being on the online space in the last five years. What was that like for the transition?
2: it's been really interesting how the Distillers Institute came about was one of my co-founders and she already had a, a training business in this space but it was an in-person training business and this is well before COVID came along uh, so people would come to Tasmania which is an island just south of Melbourne here in Australia where I live there's about half a million people on this island it's beautiful very very outdoorsy like Canadians or Kiwis and uh, people would travel from the mainland as we call it <clears throat> in Australia excuse me <clears throat> or even uh from around the world to come and do these courses because tasmania is the epicenter of australian craft distilling it all started here in 1991 when bill Lark got the federal law change so you could do craft distilling in, in stills smaller than two and a half thousand liters so there's over 500 stills in australia now and 90 of those are in tasmania with a small population compared to the 27 million on the mainland so most of the you know but the Per capita, we are you know punching above our weight, so people would come and turn up to these in-person courses that Anne would run. But she got a bit frustrated with all the logistics and you know having to organise where moving people around, where they stay, etc. And so we caught up for a few coffees, and at that time I'd started studying about five years ago now the online course kind of business model, and suggested to Anne just to do a test and to see if it would work. And she went off, did that got really good traction and feedback. And then that's when she said, I can't do it on my own. So I said, all right, I'll jump in. And then we got two other business partners to help round out the team skills and experience-wise. One very technical person, Ian, uh, who's been at Starwood in Melbourne for seven years since they started, the, then on to another distillery. And then Brett, who's big on marketing as well. So it was really interesting. Probably the most challenging part of that uh, journey was the four of us trying to write course content. we are all got different voices and styles. But Anne, right. was the, yeah, Anne was the chief editor and she wrote the structure and it took us a while, but we got there, and you know, we're all great friends and, and get along really well. And what we've produced, um, we feel and the feedback we've got unsolicited from our students when they first started going through it is just incredible value. And we've helped a lot of people both convince them to start a distillery and even more so not to, which is, you know, really important to us because we know how hard it is.
1: No kidding. Oh my goodness. Wow. What a journey. And you know what? I think a really good thing to go off of from that. Um, you put your brains together with other people, made it work, you know, what about growing two businesses online at the same time and and making them both to six figures? How was that possible? How did you do it? How do you show people how to do it? At the same time, running the two online businesses and reaching six figures.
2: Well, delegation is a big part of that, um, but, but also I'm extremely organized. Do, do a lot of planning uh, and then delegate that. We've got a good offshore team of six or seven that works across my businesses and a couple of other ones. So they they do all the podcast editing, for example, at Grow Small Business and all the socials, etc. Guest outreach, and uh, it's it's really defining what I should be spending my time on and being very organized and disciplined about that. So the Grow Small Business online courses, we really only got those up in the last six months or so because the Distillers Institute got in the way. We're also launching a second business similar to the Distillers Institute later this year called the Brewers Institute uh, because there's more breweries in Australia than there are distilleries. And so we think we can help a lot more people thinking of starting a brewery by uh, replicating most of the Distillers Institute courses and obviously tailoring it for brewing. But much of the teachings are the same because our courses are on the business side, not the technical side of how to make great spirit or beer. So right. the, the Distillers Institute kind of got in the way of uh, the Grow Small Business courses, which I wrote in uh, four years ago. And then we decided to launch that other business. So, six months ago, we got serious about the Grow Small Business courses and for the main reason that we can help a lot more small business owners transform their business and their lives because. A lot of small business owners, we work with the, those with five to 30 team members, not startups, not solopreneurs, because the the heart of the the uh, growing a business, so I believe the hardest thing in small business are people, and it's also mm-hmm. where the value is at. You can't grow without people. So we really focus there on leadership, so training the owner of the business how to be a, a more effective leader. And then uh, management as well. So we've got a, a one of our courses is called Kick Ass Manager, and that's to help firstly make the owner or leader of the business the first Kick Ass Manager in the business. And then often the sizes we work with, there are two or three other managers in the business that also go through that course as well. <coughs> Excuse me, getting over a recall. <coughs> and then no the third problem. course, the, another course we have in there is uh, Transform Your Performance, which is for the entire team to do which is productivity. So they're more productive, but less stress. So more organized, less distractions, getting into deep work more. Uh, And each course has a, a couple of books that we prescribe that they read alongside the course to really drive home our key messages and learnings. And part of those courses or the program, we've got the Business Transformation Program, there's a one-on-one coaching in there as well, 30 minutes a week with the group chair that um, chairs the accountability groups. That's another piece that's missing for a lot of growth for small business owners. They don't have anyone to report to or bitch and moan to, complain about things, bounce off and vent, et cetera, or be held account to. So having you know a group coaching model out there helps a lot more business owners. We've got eight, business owners in a group so that one webinar a month they can bounce off each other and the chair can can provide advice and we're finding that uh getting again a lot of great feedback from that model moving away from the one-to-one coaching to a group model and putting again dumping all our knowledge and experience into courses means we can help a lot more small business owners you know transform their lives
1: absolutely amazing now you said something that really stood out to me and it's so true you mentioned you know you can't grow without people Now, you know, I don't know if you also find that there are a lot of small business owners who like very small business owners that have a hard time not trying to do everything and you know they want to do everything because they think they'll do it best maybe that's a reason there could be other reasons as well but it's really very, you can't scale unless you outsource and delegate. And oftentimes I find like once you do that, you're going to go way faster most of the time. And you have people coming in that would do a way better job anyways. And it really allows you to step away from being in the business and work on the business then, right? As more as the CEO, you know, I don't know. Tell me your, your thoughts on that.
2: Absolutely. And I was a bit of a control freak. I think it's in our DNA for most small business owners, not wanting to let go, but you cannot scale. And that's fine if you want to stay small, might be just yourself or two or three team members, that's fine. But the businesses we work with are those five to 30 full-time equivalent team members. And it's really difficult to firstly find A players, you know, and then secondly, manage, motivate, retain and develop them. Um, and, you know, people, uh, as I said before, is uh, is the hardest thing in small business and where the value is at. So we focus most of our teachings around that because we haven't found good comprehensive material to help the leader, firstly, or the owner of the business um, lead better. And secondly, managers to manage their direct reports uh, better so you can scale the business.
1: Right. So, Troy, let's talk about the podcast Tell me what the intentions behind the podcast were when you originally started, because I know that you're about 350 episodes in, and I mean, you're at the top 2%, and I'd like to cover what the intentions were when you started and where you're at today.
2: Well, I've always loved talking about business in the last 24 years. So I do a lot, had done a lot of networking, both in Melbourne, where I lived after university and then London for four years, and now here in Tasmania. I just love talking about business with other business owners. We share our pain, our, our successes and tips and tricks. So part of it was for my own learning and networking internationally, because we have a lot of international guests on, just hearing also really interesting stories, people's journeys. So when I did research on the podcast and how it, you know, I should structure it, I felt there was a gap out there to really draw out from the owners, not just all the, the successes and the good things. But all the shitty times and things they mistakes they made and things they do differently. So the questions I put together really draw that out, and we're getting fabulous feedback from people who some rabid fans that are you know listen to two episodes a day in the gym to go back through the back catalogue. Just the 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 little vignettes that, that and the nuggets that fall out of those discussions with business owners. Um, about their journey and, and also what they do in their business, um, techniques and tips and tools, et cetera. But it really is he- hearing those inter- interesting stories of how people just started up, decided to jump out of corporate, you know, take the risk of running a business. And 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 a big part of talking around on these casts obviously is the people side. So how did they improve as a leader? How did they develop their managers and 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 recruitment? Because that's the most important thing a manager does particularly how did they nail recruitment because it's really hard. A lot of small business owners don't value it or invest in putting in a good recruitment procedure. We've got a short course called the ultimate Recruit- recruitment toolkit for that exact uh, reason to help small business yeah. owners make, a, you know really make a jump start into becoming a much better recruiter. Because if you don't get A players on the bus and you you let arseholes on or B B or C players, then the whole, you know, the culture becomes toxic. It slows the, the journey down. And it's just not fun, which is one of our core values is making sure that we have fun. And we believe if you do it right in small business, we've got plenty of examples of, of guests on the podcast, work like 10 hours a week. There was one great one that's had a plumbing business in Sydney, Andy and Ange, uh, the for 17 years they ran that called Dr. Drip. And got up to uh, seventeen team members. They sold that last year, actually. And the ten years before selling that plumbing business, Andy worked just two hours a week on that business. So that it really shows that it can be done. uh You've just yep. got to put your mind to it and be disciplined and have that consistency as
0: well.
1: A hundred percent. And not only that, it's the the discipline, cons- consistency, and like when you're actually working, you're working, you know, you're not distracted by all these other things. You're really focused in making it. Um, what is it? I can't think of the damn word, but there's a word for it. Um, <laughs> you're actually working and getting stuff done. There's a word for it. I can't think of it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you know, for your, for your podcast, what are all the ways that you go ahead and attract guests? I mean, Tell me about that because I know you have some exceptional small business owners on as well as experts. Um, Tell us a little bit about how how you go about finding these amazing guests.
2: Yeah, Monday and Wednesday is me interviewing small business owners. And then Friday, we have a shorter cast for 20 minutes, a quick fire Friday where we have one expert on one topic. And there's one takeaway for the owners who are listening, what they can um, do the next day for their business on or around that topic. So we've got a, a an objective to have a balance of 50-50 male-female on the podcast because around 36% of small business owners are female, so they're already underrepresented in, in that regard. And secondly, I've found females don't necessarily – sorry, females are less uh, likely to want to talk about their business than males. So one of my offshore team members um, has a project to ongoing to – and do guest outreach just to find female owners so we can keep that balance at 50 50 and now that we're in the top two percent of all three million podcasts we we don't have to go searching for the male guests because we have a lot of people approaching us and you know most of the times at the moment we're having to say no because we're out of balance with the male female goal that we have so yeah it's, sometimes i'll read an article on someone interesting they've grown a business got a you know interesting backstory uh we'll approach them um but generally apart from the female guest outreach uh people are approaching us now
1: I absolutely love it so you're attracting the men now which is and probably because of how consistent you are you know and you've been around for a long time with what you're doing and it's just it's huge so definitely get to show what you've done right so now tell me a little bit about with all this experience I mean you're very experienced in this area and Throughout the years, have you seen any repeated challenges as an entrepreneur that might relate to those listening today and maybe just about how you've overcome these repeated challenges each time and grown stronger from it and, you know, that kind of thing?
2: That's a great question, Brittany. I think, well, firstly, you kind of touched on it. Is that control thing not letting go or delegating?
1: Releasing, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think stepping back higher level at that, you've got to have a, a... uh an objective to develop yourself so that is continual professional development learning um, as as a leader and as a manager so listening to books doing courses and importantly getting mentors or even coaches uh people that have mentors people that are happy to give their time over a coffee or a lunch and and give you their experience There is someone that you respect to further down the road than you maybe they've retired um they could be in a different industry but it's really important, change the way you you think. And then obviously you need to act on that change. So you've got to be very deliberate about it. Um, I think that's that's probably one of the main points that I would like to impart on the audience now is just to keep that learning, listening to podcasts, audio books, et cetera, and get mentors or coaches to help you become a better um, leader and manager in your business.
1: Right, because it does start with you. At the end of the day, it starts with you. That's right. Yep. Any big focus or desire for the next six months from now, whether that's with your podcast, with your business?
2: Well, yeah, the Brewers Institute, we're going to launch that later this year. Quite excited by that. Um, grow a small business. Yeah, the business transformation program. So we're really ramping that up now, marketing. Uh, we know there's a lot of business owners out there and the five to 20, 30 team members that need help. Um, which we just need to find the ones that, you know, are open to change that want to get better, not just their business, but themselves um, and lean on our experience. You know, we've helped between Mick, Rob and I, over a thousand other small business owners or businesses we didn't own or have equity in. So we've got a lot of experience coaching. We've seen a lot. Um, we're really excited about getting the program out there. Um, so, people can grow their business with these, and the owner can transform their life and in, into the lifestyle they signed up for basically when they started their business.
1: This is all so incredible. It's super exciting that you're, you know, switching to breweries as well or incorporating that as well. I think that's really exciting. Um, and why not? You have all this knowledge behind it, it's pretty similar. Compare like comparable to the distillery, right? So super exciting for that expansion. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing how how it goes. I'm super excited. So, um, you know, I wanted to give you the next minute or two here to really um, promote what you're doing right now and like any of your courses and stuff with our listeners. And then at the very end, if you also could mention, you know, the best way to go ahead and connect with you as with the people listening, if there's anyone looking to connect, I want to make sure we have a a spot to go ahead and reach out.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I'd encourage anyone listening that's, you know, got at least five team members, they're thinking about growing their business or they're not happy with how the business is giving them the lifestyle they're living at the moment. So if they're stressed, they're doing too many hours, et cetera, the first thing I'd recommend they do is have a listen to our podcast. There's a lot of great learnings in there. We have some probably had over 60 or 70 different industries. I think we have guests from around 30 countries now, all different sizes and and types of growth. It's a really great um, resource to learn and then obviously also for to sign up have a look through we've got a free course on our website at growlsmallbusiness.com called transform your performance so that's for your personal productivity as the owner and then you can hand that to your managers and the rest of your team uh, on on how to do ma- do more uh, in less time and be less stressed You know that's that's something we've put together that we've from all the tools and techniques that we've that we use and we've tried over you know our couple of decades' experience um, running businesses. uh, It it's quite a you know a a good resource to use, particularly something you touched on before about being you know people procrastinating. I still procrastinate. It's really hard. I've got to put things in place to make sure I'm focusing on on getting the right shit done that I know intellectually I've agreed with myself. I should be writing for the next two or three hours this important piece of copy or content, but there's shiny objects. You know, I flick over my my email. So I've got an app that I use or an add-on to lock me out of my email, for example. It's human nature. You know, I'm extremely driven and organized, but I still have Mm -hmm. to fight what I call the procrastination monster. And that's a, a big part of that free course is to help people. Uh, be less distracted, more focused, read one of the best books we've found in this space called Deep Work by Cal Newport to help people get in the zone more and knock out that much higher value and important work. So that's that's probably a good place for people to start as well, do that free course, and then have a look if you are a business owner with at least five team members, have a look at our program. And if you're interested, sign up to the wait list to get some more information.
1: Trey, right, incredible. And you, I know I, I was looking for the word earlier, uh, to stop procrastinating and whatnot. I couldn't think of the word, but Uh people can actually, entrepreneurs can actually work less as long as they're productive. Right. So, um, that was the word I was looking for productive work, you know, uh, incredible. So Troy, thank you so much. I think what you're doing is incredible. We do need people out there that are willing to work the CEOs and like down the line, the rest of the team members as well, um, to make sure they knock out that work and it is possible to grow at a much faster rate and at ease and live the lifestyle you actually want to then drain yourself and become unmotivated just because of distractions and other things going on, right? And we all know that, like I said earlier, it's such a roller coaster as a entrepreneur. So um, it's incredible that you're working with people to help them get through this.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thanks.
1: Thanks so much, Troy.
2: I'll just mention to the audience, if they want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, just uh, Troy Truan, T-R-E-W-I-N. Obviously go over to the GirlsMallbusiness.com website and reach out if you, you know, if you if you think you'd be a great guest for our podcast, of course, fill out the form on the website and, and let me know.
1: Amazing. Thanks so much again, Troy, for coming on today and sharing all this value of myself and my listeners. It's such a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you, Brittany. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure, seven, eight-figure entrepreneur and want to come on, just like Troy did today, to share your story, talk about your journey, what you have going on within your business and your podcast, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thank you, everybody. And thanks again to Troy Truwin. Take care, guys. Catch you on the next episode.